Welcome to Truth Matters Church, contending for the faith one verse at a time. In Daniel's vision of the ram and goat, are the small horn and the little horn the same person? Knowing this greatly helps us as we interpret the events of Revelation. Today we unpack the meaning of these two horns in the fascinating conclusion of this three-part message on Daniel's vision of the ram and goat. If you missed the first two parts of this message, we strongly encourage you to listen to those first to get the full context. Visit truthmatterschurch.org or listen via our podcast feed. And to download a copy of the handout slides and maps for today's detailed study, visit truthmatterschurch.org slash resources. We pick up in Daniel chapter 8. Here is Pastor Alex. Let's look at verse 22. The broken horn and the four horns that arose in its place represent four kingdoms which will arise from his nation, although not with his power. So here's kind of a good picture that illustrates what Daniel is seeing or was given in his vision. First, he saw the goat with the one long horn, and then it gets broken off. And now that goat has four horns. So it goes one horn, gets broken off, and now there's four horns. I want to make sure you're paying attention. What are horns in biblical prophecy? Kings. Very good. When you see horns... You see kings. They're talking about actual kings, actual world leaders. And beasts, generally speaking, does anyone want to take a guess? Kingdoms, yes. But we also know that the horns represents a king and kingdoms. It gets a little confusing. I don't want to get all into the nuances. But just generally speaking, the beast is also representative of the kingdom and the peoples of that kingdom. You can say, but when it talks about a specific person or a specific world leader, and it's in the horns, then that is talking about a king or the equivalent of a king. It could be a prime minister, right? A world leader in that, who, who's at the top? So you got that. Then when we, when we start to look at prophecy, it'll start to make more sense. So let's look at verse 22. So it says, the broken horn and the four horns that arose in its place represent four kingdoms which will arise from his, and we're talking about Yavon still, Yavon's nation, people, although not with his power, meaning not with his strength and not with his might. And, and we covered this. Horns can mean kings or kingdoms. The first king in this vision was succeeded by four kings and four kingdoms. Again, I don't want to get into world history because you get into the Alexander the Greats and things like that, and you read kind of his career and his story. Um, there are a lot of parallels you know, between him and, in this case, the, the, horn, the, the goat with the large horn. But I'm not going to get into all that, as I mentioned. But just know that in this vision, the first king was succeeded by four kings or four kingdoms. And know that the four kings will be descendants of Japheth, of Yavon. The four kings that arose after the first horn was broken off will be descendants of Japheth or Yavon. And you know, hopefully this picture kind of makes it a little more clearer. So let's say the, the shaggy goat with the long horn, that's, let's just say that, you know, that was one king, but when that gets broken off, there's going to be one, two, three, four other kings that will arise, but they are from Yavon, 
the land uh, that was allotted to Japheth, one of Noah's sons. So let's continue, verse 23. In the latter period of their rule, when the transgressors have run their course, a king will arise, insolent and skilled in intrigue. Let's open this up. In the latter period, verse 23 says, in the latter period towards the end of their, the four kings rule, when the transgressors, when the rebels of Japheth have run their course, a king, a melech, will arise, Ahmad, will make a stand. Insolent, Az, he'll be mighty, he's going to be fierce and skilled, Bin, discerning with understanding, in intrigue. You know what, you know what in intrigue means? Chitta, speak in riddles. Where will this king arise from? We're going to keep going and find out. Because now Daniel sees at the latter part of these four kings that came after the first horn, it says a king, another king, another melech is going to arise. He's going to be mighty. He's going to make a stand. He's going to be mighty and fierce. He's going to be discerning with understanding. And he's going to speak in riddles. Hmm. Do you know of any historical figure that spoke in riddles? Or let me say, parables. You know parables is a riddle? Jesus. So this king who will arise, he will make a stand, he's going to be mighty and fierce, discerning with understanding, and he will speak in riddles. He's not talking about Messiah here, but in context, the king and the melech is the small horn. You got to get that. The small horn. That's in context of the vision. That's who Daniel saw. I mean, this is what the interpretation that has been given to Daniel and we're unpacking. When he says a king will arise in view, and you go back to the original vision, which we unpacked last week, the small horn is the king that will arise, will be mighty and fierce, discerning with understanding, and this small horn is going to speak in riddles. Okay? Verse 24. His power will be mighty, but not by his own power. And he will destroy to an extraordinary degree and prosper and perform his will. He will destroy mighty men and the holy people. Let's open this up. His power, small horn. The small horn's power will be mighty, will be vast, will be numerous, but not by his own power, not by his own coach or strength. And he, the small horn, will destroy to an extraordinary degree. Pala, wonders beyond human comprehension. And prosper and perform. Asa, accomplish his will. He, the small horn, will destroy mighty men. Atsam, he's going to destroy mighty people. He's going to destroy mighty nations. He's going to destroy the holy people of Israel. When it says, not by his own power, when we go back to the vision, verse 10, we know that fallen angels aided this man. Fallen angels is going to help 
this small horn become mighty, vast, numerous, and strong, and will and will aid this man and perform wonders beyond human comprehension. In other words, the small horn is going to perform signs and wonders. He's not only going to speak in riddles, he's not only going to speak in parables, but he's also going to destroy to an extraordinary degree wonders, perform signs and wonders. He's aided by fallen angels. And this small horn will conquer nations and will conquer Israel. This is going to come together at the end. I'm saving the best for last, but stay with me. Verse 25, And through his shrewdness, he will cause deceit to succeed by his influence. He will magnify himself in his heart. And he will destroy many while they are at ease. He will even oppose the prince of princes, but he will be broken without human agency. Let's open this up. You like it when you open it up? Do you notice when I'm opening it up, I'm just putting in the original? That's it. And it's, so, it's like, wow. Sometimes the transliteration doesn't do justice, which is why we want to study the word, not just read it. But let's open this up. But before I do that, this one's pretty big. Verse 25. So I'm going to split this verse in half because there's a lot. In this one verse, there's a lot. So I'm going to do half at a time. Let's look at the first half. Verse 25a. And through his shrewdness, he will cause deceit by his influence. And he will magnify himself in his heart. And he will destroy many while they are at ease. So his shrewdness. Just know, the, the small horn is still the subject here. We're still talking about the small horn. He's talking about the small horn's insight, wisdom, and understanding. Remember, he's the one who's going to speak in riddles and parables. That's his shrewdness. He will cause deceit to success by his, to succeed, I should say, by his influence. And I'm going to look at that phrase. And he's going to magnify himself in his heart. And we're going to look at that. So let's look at, in verse 25, when it describes the small horn as he will cause deceit. To succeed by his influence. So deceit is mimre. And it means it's fraud. He's going to be a fraud. He's going to be intentionally misleading. Here's a clue. It's pretty interesting. Mimre, you know what the root, a Hebrew word is merma. And it also signifies a Benjamite born in the land of Moab. So when he says he will cause deceit, Mimre, and if you look at Mimre in the original root, it has association with the Benjamite born in the land of Moab. So that could be our clue for where this small horn is going to come from. He's going to claim to be a Benjamite, and he will be born in the land of Moab. And we're going to see a map on where that is. Here's, and I've referred to this map, this was the allotment of the tribes of Israel. And uh, this is depicted here. But you know Benjamin, and for those of us who are kind of Bible nerds and maybe for Bible trivia, Jerusalem is in the land allotted to Benjamin. So what's interesting, remember, remember the Apostle Paul when he talked about his credentials? He was a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin, where Jerusalem is, which is a very, very 
desirable lineage to have. Well, if you're to be allotted land and be of a people, why not be where Jerusalem is, where God chose to identify with his name, which is Benjamin. So Jerusalem is in Benjamin. But here in this map, you see Moab, which is to the right of this map of the Dead Sea. So the Dead Sea, so Moab would be on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. And then there we have Benjamin, where Jerusalem is. So here, I'm going to put arrows here. I think these are clues to tell us where the small horn is going to come from. From He'll, he'll be a Benjamite or claim to be from the tribe of Benjamin. What's interesting is when you also read the study of the book of Revelation, when you go to a synagogue who claim to be Jews but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Interesting how there's some parallels here, but just looking at the small horn, born in Moab, but claiming to be a Benjamite. And those are the arrows where it's depicted. So let's put that, or I'll put that in our, in our map at a little later. I'll, I'll save that for a little later. He will cause, it says, continue to look at this, deceit to succeed by his influence. So by his influence is by his yad, which means by his hand or strength or direction. When it says by his influence, by his yad, it implies authority or at least claiming right of something. So the small horn will intentionally mislead and claim authority or right of possession of something. What do you think he's going to claim right possession of? The temple. He's from Benjamin. He's from Benjamin. So this small horn, through his deceit, through fraud, will claim rightful owner and he will succeed by his influence. He's going to convince the many. Oh, I kind of, what was given into his hand? I don't know if you guys saw the answer. If you're studying with the vision, and I mentioned it a couple of times, what is going to be given to the small horns, this young king's hand? It's two things. Say it, speak up. Israel's king and the temple. He will succeed through his deceit, through fraud, and through his intrigue, through his intelligence and speaking in riddles, he will be accompanied by just supernatural power and he will succeed by Israel and its king and the temple being given into his hand. And that's from verse 12, by the way. So if you're taking notes where I got those, that answer, that's from the vision itself. Now, here's an interesting he will magnify himself in his heart. Magnify is gadal. And when it says it magnifies, you're exalting, right? You are considered to be great. At least you think or consider yourself to be great. And when you read scripture, when it says in his heart, and heart is synonymous with in your mind and your thoughts, in your being. It's not something that's external. It's something that's internal. So this this small horn, this young king, will magnify himself. He'll be arrogant. He'll consider himself to be great. And he will destroy many while they are at ease. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Because I want to make sure you're, paying, you're, you're with me. He will magnify himself in his heart. Does this describe the Antichrist? Why or why not? So is that magnifying himself in his heart? <laughs> it starts in the heart, but right now it doesn't go beyond the heart. 
Remember I mentioned, and we're gonna, I'm going to save that for the end, the little horn and the small horn. But right now we're talking about the small horn. Does this describe Antichrist? This is not Antichrist. This is not Antichrist. And I'll show you at the end. I'll save that for the end. He's going to magnify himself in his heart. It starts there, but if the vision tells us that he will claim to be God, then I'll say, yeah, that's Antichrist. It doesn't go there. It just says he will magnify himself in his heart. Okay? Let's keep going. He will even oppose the prince of princes, but he will be broken without human agency. So oppose is Ahmad, which means to take a stand. And he, it has the idea to assume or exercise authority. And I want to look at now prince of princes, and we're going to also look at what it means by he will be broken without human agency. So let's look at prince of princes. It's the Tsar of Tsars. Tsar is the Hebrew word. But Tsar, when it talks about prince, It's an authority figure, such as a chief, a captain, a commander, or a prince, or a prime minister, a king, a world leader. That's the Tsar. So the small horn will take a stand. When he arrives on the scene, he's going to take a stand against the chief of chiefs, the captain of captains, the commander of commanders, or the prince of princes. Now here's my other question. Who is Daniel describing in context? The prince of princes. Because Jesus is the king of kings, does that mean that the prince of princes is Messiah? Is he describing a spiritual or a physical being in context? Physical. We know that there's spiritual activity going on, but when he will take a stand against the prince of princes, against the commander of commanders, it's talking about the small horn when he arrives on the scene, whoever the prince of all, or the king of the kings are, he's going to oppose himself to that person. He goes on to say, he will be broken. We're still talking about the small horn the whole time. Are you with me? This is a lot on the small horn. Broken, he says, he will be broken without human agency. So broken is shabar, and it literally means smashed to pieces. So remember I mentioned this in one of our studies before when Moses came down and he had the, the, the commandments of stone, and then when he saw Israel in their sin and he threw the first, the, the first tablets of stone and it broke, it, the shabar, it broke in pieces. This is the same Hebrew word. It describes also the shattering of commandments. So here's just a clue. When he will be broken, his own commandments that he altered will also be shattered with him. Pretty interesting stuff. Human agency is also yad, which we talked about, means covers, you know, hand. But the small horn in this prophecy will be shattered, but it says without human agency, without another man's hand or authority. And here I'm just going to tell you outright and just following and going through this text. The small horn, remember I mentioned, he had help from angels to rise to power. And angels in turn will remove him from power without human agency. He got to the top through angelic help, the fallen angels, and he's going to be taken out of power and shattered by, without human agency by angels. I'm telling you, when we get to the book of Revelation, angels are very busy. Very, very busy. And they're very good at what they do. Okay, you ready for the katroha now? Remember, I have to break that in half. But here, here is verse 25. Here's the amplified 
of what we just read or what we just went through. And through the small horns, insight, wisdom, understanding, and him speaking in riddles, he will cause through fraud and deception, he will claim to be an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin to succeed by his claimed authority with Israel's king and sacrifice, right? The temple given to him. And the small horn will exalt himself greatly in his thoughts and in his mind. And the small horn will destroy many while they are at ease. And the small horn will even oppose the commander of the armies on earth, but the small horn will be shattered to pieces by angels along with his commandments. So where is the small horn likely from? Well, Moab, born in Moab from the tribe of Benjamin, Moab is Jordan today. And Benjamin is the land of, is where Jerusalem is or the land of Israel. So I put it on this map here that the small horn who we've been talking about the whole time where the scripture takes us, he will be born in Jordan, but he will be will claim to be an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. Pretty cool stuff. Now let's look at verse 26. The vision of the evening and mornings, which has been told is true, but keep the vision secret, for it pertains to many days in the future, from Daniel. So which has been told, the angel is referring back to the vision of the small horn in verses 9 through 14. So if you're like, well, Alex, how did you know that he was talking about the small horn the whole time? Where he says, which has been told, he's referring back to the vision of the small horn in verses 9 through 14. So the small horn and the 2300 evenings and mornings are connected. When it comes to understanding biblical prophecy, the small horn and the 2300 evenings and mornings period or time frame, it's connected to the small horn. So the small horn, when the small horn is given Israel's king and the holy temple, 2300 days from there, the final period of the indignation is completed and the holy temple will be cleansed and made righteous. I'm not going to read verses 9 through 14. That's fairly long. But that's just supporting that the king that will arise after the four horns that came after the first horn was shattered in the shaggy goat, that the king that will arise in this prophecy in context is talking about the small horn. So the 2300 evenings and mornings are connected to him. And I mentioned this already. So whenever this small horn arrives on the scene, and we have some descriptions on kind of who he is and what he's going to do and he's going to be aided by angels and he's going to speak in riddles and parables and he's going to be a fraud and a deceit. He's going to be claimed to be an Israelite but he was born in Jordan that when Israel's king and the holy temple are given to that young, he'll be young in years. That's another description. Then from 2300 days from that point, the indignation of God, the wrath, the punishment of God will continue for those 2300 days from that time and then once the 2300 evenings and mornings are done then God's punishment for Israel is also done. It has reached the end. So just know that when Israel, when the Jews ask for the blood of Jesus to be on them and their heads, it'll be on them and their heads until the 2300 evenings and mornings in this prophecy is done. 
So verse 26, when it says the vision of the evenings and mornings, which has been told is true, but it says, but keep the vision secret for it pertains to many days in the future. And I've mentioned the answer. Keep it secret from whom? The vision that we just uncovered, that we just walked through using the scripture. The angel says, but keep the vision secret. To who? Think about it. Israel. To Israel. The people of Israel. Those who refuse to acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ. They've been given what Paul says, a spirit of stupor. So you can say that the spirit of stupor means that the vision that is given in Scripture is secret to you until you repent. So that spirit of stupor from Israel will be taken off, the veil will be taken off when they repent and acknowledge the rebellion and sin of their God. Then this vision will no longer be sealed. Then we'll end in verse 27. Then I, Daniel, I was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up again and carried on the king's business. But I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it. Okay, how is this going to help us in the book of Revelation now? Oh, it's going to help us a great deal. It's going to help us a great deal. And I want to say this. If we didn't do this, I would have missed a lot. I'm telling you right now. I thought I had a pretty good idea. I mean, for the most part, most of it checked out, but I, I also was short-sighted in a lot of things. But Daniel's vision has now kept me from going too far to the right and too far to the left. But here's what I want us to get away from this and how this is going to be, it's going to be actually, I would say, important for us to open up the book of Revelation, at least in a certain part. Remember the sketch. And I, and I, and I outlined this on, intentionally from left to right. The lion with the eagle's wings the bear with three ribs in its mouth, the leopard with four heads and four wings of a bird, and then the iron teeth. And then from that came this beast with ten horns, from which a little horn came from. And then what we just, that was the vision of the four beasts. And we spent a lot of time on that. And what we just uncovered, what we just studied for these last two studies we looked at the ram and the goat. Now, let me ask you something. Here, I want you guys to really think. It's actually, hopefully, becomes obvious. What does the top kings or kingdoms have in common? Power, scary, those are all true. Thank you. They all came from the great sea, from water. Where did the ram and the goat come from? Did they come from water? They came from land. So... The top came out of the sea. The bottom didn't come from the sea. It came from the earth. Now, here's where I want to get at. This is why it's important. The fourth beast, or the fourth beast by which came this fourth kingdom with ten horns, and then from that came a little horn that came out of the sea. The little horn, the beast from the sea, Antichrist. On the other side of this, you have the ram with the goat, the, the ram with the horn that was broken, and then four horns came in its place. That's the small horn. It's the beast of the earth. It's going to be the false prophet who will speak in riddles and by intrigue, will have angelic activity, will do perform wonders, and the king of Israel 
and the sacrifice will be given to him. We're like, I thought that was Antichrist. Well, we'll figure out how that all harmonizes. But what I want, and I mentioned this before, when you read every single commentary out there, I haven't come across, everyone is assuming that the little horn from the beast that came out of the fourth beast that came out of the sea by which 10 horns, right? You know, that, that fourth beast had 10, 10 horns and, and then one little horn. And when you read the ram and the goat and it says the small horn, oh, when this is little, this is small, must be the same person. And there are a lot of striking similarities, but there are also a lot of distinct similarities, its origin. What I mean is this. When it comes to studying the Bible, don't mix the beasts. The beast from the sea or like the lion with the eagle's wings, is not the goat with the horn between its eyes. The lion is the lion, the bear is the bear, the leopard's the leopard, the iron teeth's the iron teeth. And then from there came the fourth kingdom with which ten horns came and then the little horn. The little horn came from the fourth beast from the sea. And what we just learned is that this small horn, this other king, this other melech, who magnified himself in his heart, but didn't proclaim himself to be God like the Antichrist will. Two completely distinct persons. The little horn is not the small horn. You get that? Then we're like, okay. Now, when we get to the book of Revelation and John sees a beast coming from the sea, okay, we know where that line came from. And he goes, and I saw another beast coming from the earth, well, the ram and goat, because the small horn, and the, and the small horn is also tied to the ethkets, to the acharith, which is the final period of God's indignation that this small horn is going to be one of God's instruments to bring the punishment of Israel to its fulfillment. Hmm. We're starting to unmystify a lot of these things that we just hear. But, but you see, I didn't get caught up in what's going on in the world events and this is that and that's that. I was like, no, here's what we have to work with and let's just kind of stay with that and let the chips fall. But you guys, only a few of you are just falling asleep a little bit. But <laughs> other than that, you guys are pretty good. Amen? Now, is this, you know, hopefully, is, is it just me that's excited up here? I get excited off this stuff. But, you know, it's not, it's not, easy like I told you I want to run away but man when you stick through it you're like wow Lord you're, you're pretty amazing and you know we have his word we have a spirit and if we exercise good discipline I think we, we can have a pretty good shot in understanding what God is doing thank you so much for listening today to the Truth Matters Church podcast well now that we have carefully unpacked the ram and goat vision next we tackle Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy perhaps the most important prophetic passage in all of the Old Testament. If you happen to have missed any of our past studies in this series, please check out our website at truthmatterschurch.org or simply subscribe to this podcast to access the full list of teaching. And if you've enjoyed this study and are being blessed by the teaching, please consider supporting Truth Matters Church with a financial gift of any amount. You can give easily and securely at truthmatterschurch.org slash give. Contending for the faith one verse at a time. This is Truth Matters Church.